Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thanks for joining us. Tuesday edition Bruce Hooley Show here on 98.9 The Answer. You can always take us with you if you miss a segment of the show by accessing the podcasts. And you can always take us with us, with you rather, wherever you go in the midst of the show by accessing the show on uh, the array of apps available to you. Uh, tune in, uh, iHeartRadio.com. And also we have our own app, which you can download in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Uh, we spent a lot of time back at the first of the year about the dysfunction in the Ohio House, where in December, the supermajority of Republicans uh, took a preliminary vote, which installed Derek Marin, a staunch conservative, as the future Speaker of the House. And then they gathered again to formalize that, and oh, whoops, suddenly about a third of the Republican support for Derek Marin evaporated and fell in behind Jason Stevens. And all the Democrats in the House also, shockingly, agreed to aggregate their votes behind Jason Stevens. And Jason Stevens had therefore sustained a successful palace coup and became Ohio Speaker of the House. And I said at the time, that's the end of school choice. That's the end of the Save Women's Sports Act. That's the end of anything that would be opposed by Democrats. So you could count, like, anything that would restrict abortion, anything that would expand school choice, anything that would remove the LGBTQ agenda from schools or public health, all of it would be gone. That was my um, sky-is-falling takeaway from Jason Stevens' getting more Democrats to put him into the Speaker's chair than Republicans. After all, aren't you going to vote the priorities of the people to whom you owe the biggest debt for the power you now wield? That seemed plausible to me. And then throughout the first part of the year, uh, we started to get dogged, actual authentic conservatives in the House who said, yeah, we're going to make Jason Stevens and his turncoat buddies who wear a Republican label but aren't really Republicans like Jeff LeRae, Jay Edwards, Al Cutrona, all the guys who ended up with really plum committee chairmanships because Jason Stevens became speaker, they were not going to get those committees if Derek Maron had been speaker. The Republicans, the real ones, not the ones wearing the label, dug in their heels and said, no, we're going to put forward bills like Jerry Serino's bill, which would remove the wokeness from Ohio public schools and colleges. And Gary Click, who doggedly fought for and last week in the House got passed a bill that would 
protect kids from medical procedures, um, medical mutilation would be a more accurate way of putting it. And I started to think, well, when it comes right down to it, Jason Stevens likes being reelected more than he likes owing Democrats favors. And he can plead, look, I'm in a rock and a hard place. And I had to go ahead with some of these conservative bills and school choice might result, but I'll do my best to limit it. And I kind of thought that Jason Stevens, though he has the title and though he has power, he doesn't have as much power as he thought because the Republicans kept fighting the good fight. Well, not so much. As always before, uh, the state of Ohio has not really had much of a problem reconciling the small differences between the budget that the House approves and the budget that the Senate approves. It's been largely a formality. There's been a June 30th deadline. We've got to balance the budget in Ohio, and that always gets done. Except now, as we are days away from the June 30th deadline, the House has voted for a one-week extension of the budget deadline because they cannot agree in the House to the budget passed by the Ohio Senate. What's in that Ohio Senate budget? Well, not as many handouts for things like Subsidized child care, paid maternity leave for state workers, free school lunches and food banks. Do those sound like Republican policies to you? No, they don't sound like Republican policies to me either. Well, they sound like Republican policies in a house where the speaker is beholden to all the Democrats because those are Democratic policies. That Jason Stevens is fighting for. Those are his make goods to his real boss, Allison Russo, Democrat from from Upper Arlington, who leads the House Democratic Caucus, which makes up barely a third of the House of Representatives. And you say, wait, how does a third of the House have power over the House? Because that entire third is united behind Jason Stevens, while Two-thirds of the Republicans, not two-thirds of the entire House, but two-thirds of the Republicans, well, they would like Jason Stevens to um, to go away, as would I, and take all his henchmen with him. So how will this reconcile itself? I don't know, but I like the fact that the Senate is putting pressure on the Republican turncoats in the House. Here's a quote from Senate President Matt Huffman. We have all this stuff lying on the table waiting for the House to respond, and their answer is, forget it. We'll never get it out this week. It makes sense if they do have fractures in their caucus, but we, meaning the Senate, is not going to agree to things so they can get Democrats in the House to vote for it. Yes. The wonderful thing about power is not just the having it, it's the using it. It's the wielding it. And Matt Huffman appears committed to doing that. Jason Stevens, ah, not so much. He's got lots of friends across the aisle because he owes his political clout to them. Brian Stewart's a Republican from Asheville. He's in the House. 
He's frustrated by the fact that when the House passed its budget, he said, we were told we couldn't do a bigger tax cut. We couldn't do more school choice. Well, then the Senate did both. (laughs) And Brian Stewart's like, hey, I know I'm from the House, but I like that Senate budget better. And he had this to say, it's not hard to get Republican votes for a Republican budget. The idea that we're going to go into July to fight for Democratic priorities, I don't think is going to sit right for many Republicans. Well, I wish I could agree with you, Brian Stewart, that this would, in fact, have electoral consequences for the turncoat Republicans like Jason Stevens and Jeff LeRae and Al Catrona and Jay Edwards. By the way, Jay Edwards heads the Finance Committee in the House. He's strongly allied with Stevens. Do you think he's going to bend without being forcibly made to bend? I don't know. But I'm heartened now, not by the fact that I thought, ah, the authentic Republicans in the House like Gary Click and Brian Stewart and Jerry Serino and others, they found a way to pressure Jason Stevens into being the conservative he says he is, but the way that he's trying really hard to govern in a way that would inauthenticate his conservative credentials. Now I'm down to people in the Senate being strong-willed enough, firm enough, committed enough to stand up for and force the expansion of school choice, the protection of women's sports, the outlawing of gender mutilation surgeries, the authentic teaching of American history in our schools. And I honestly don't know which way this is going to go. Because the real problem is this would go the right way, the Senate's way, the conservative way, if only we had a conservative governor who would get out there from his comfortable hiding place and do what a governor is supposed to do. Do what governors in, I don't know, Iowa, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma do. You know what they do? They lead. They lead. They say, this is where we're going. We're going here. This is right. This is a conservative principle. I'm standing for this. I'm bringing other people with me. I'm not waiting. I'm not wetting my index finger, holding it up and seeing, you know, is this going to make me popular? Is this not going to make me popular? Mike DeWine has not yet pledged support for the Protect Women's Sports Act, the Save Women's Sports Act, nor has he professed a commitment to signing onto the bill that also includes Gary Click's proposed bill that would outlaw gender mutilation surgery and the administering of puberty blockers and hormones to kids under 18. Mike DeWine, career Republican, career supposedly conservative there's a movement afoot right now among the republican central committees in the state to force dewine to do what we thought he should have been doing all along yeah to recap segment one uh we have um, evidence now That Ohio Speaker of the House Jason Stevens and his uh, backstabbing, turncoat, uh, lying Republican henchmen 
who pledged uh, last December to install Derek Marin as Speaker of the House. Uh, we now have proof that they are not going to be cudgeled uh, easily into voting for authentic conservative principles. The Senate has a budget. Senate budget has some bigger tax cuts in it than the House budget. The Senate budget has a bigger expansion of school choice. The Senate budget is an authentically conservative budget. It doesn't have a bunch of uh, Democratic wish list items in there like uh, subsidized child care, paid maternity leave for straight state workers, free school lunches. See, Ohio has a budget surplus now, and Ohio is required by law to balance the budget. And the Senate is taking a fiscally responsible viewpoint, which is, you know, we got all this money, but we don't have to spend it all right away. The House, though, a lot of fluff, a lot of fat, a lot of excess, because Jason Stevens owes a bunch of favors to the Democrats who voted for him for Speaker of the House. And as I said, wouldn't have to worry about Jason Stevens having any power if it was the Senate and the governor united in support of conservative principles. But Mike DeWine, when he comes out of hiding, when he comes out of uh, retirement, say he's the governor, Bruce, he's not retired. He sure governs like it. When do you see Mike DeWine? I see what Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, is doing more often than I see what Mike DeWine is doing. I see what Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is doing more often than I see what Mike DeWine is doing. Mike DeWine is like on a four-year cruise after getting reelected. It would be nice if we had a governor who would lead on these things, who would say, we're going to protect women's sports in Ohio. That's the right thing to do. Instead, Mike DeWine has said, eh, I don't really think we need that. After all, we don't have a Leah Thomas-like man dominating women's sports in Ohio. I've said before, if you wait until you need the Protect Women's Sports Act, it's too late, right? If you wait until you need a life jacket, you probably get a lot of trouble when you need it. It would be better to have it and wear it before you need it. Same thing with the Protect Women's Sports Act. Same thing with outlawing gender mutilation surgeries. Same thing with expansion of school choice and all the other things. So, unfortunately, the Ohio Republican State Central Committee has to remind Mike DeWine, Hey, you're a Republican. Here's a letter sent to Mike DeWine. This email is in reference to House Bill 68, the SAFE Act, and House Bill 8, the Parents' Right to Know Act, attached to the letter of support from 42 Ohio Republican Party State Central Committee members encouraging the Ohio Senate to expeditiously and wholeheartedly pass House Bill 68 and House Bill 8 in their current form, as well as to encourage Governor DeWine to sign such bills into law. You know what states you don't have to send a letter to encourage the governor to sign this kind of a bill? Almost every other Republican-dominated state, including many that don't have the same supermajorities that we have in Ohio. Mike DeWine, what a failure. What a failure as a governor. And, of course, Jason Stevens, a failure as Speaker of the Ohio House. Now, we had um, an outbreak of crime last night in Columbus, which you say, wait a minute, aren't you a news talk program, an outbreak of crime in Columbus? That's not really news, Bruce. Happens all the time. Yes. 
It does. We had a 31-year-old man shot and killed last night by a 32-year-old man. The 32-year-old man was arrested and likely will be charged. 1600 block of East 26th Avenue, which is one of the city's violent neighborhoods. And we had a 14-year-old who just wandered into the hospital last night with a gunshot wound to his left arm. A 14-year-old. He said that he was holding the gun when it accidentally went off, striking him in the arm. Another accidental shooting. Lots of them in Columbus. The city is trying to stop that with the distribution of lock boxes. It's probably helping. The thing about this is you don't know how much it's helping. This does not disprove the fact that issuing free lock boxes for gun storage is a bad idea. It just proves that it didn't work with this particular gun. How many accidental shootings do you think we've had in Columbus this, let's say, through April? Through April, so roughly 120 days. 38. That's one every three days. And two of the 38 were fatal. So that's not new, but it is news. We also had a high-speed chase last night. started in Delaware County. And the suspect got away because they sped through the northern part of Franklin County and the southern part of Delaware County. From 2 a.m. until it reached I-71 and 17th Avenue. And the guy's going 100 miles an hour. And we got traffic downtown and others. And so they gave up the chase. The car in the chase was a stolen Kia Sorento. Stolen in uh, in the Polaris area on Saturday. So there is that. There is that. Now, last night was the funeral, oh, this is a hard story to read, the funeral for the four boys, uh, three boys from Claremont County, age seven, four, and three, Clayton Hunter and Chase Dorman, who were murdered by their father last week. I have the details on how that unfolded. I don't really see any productive worth in going through how they were killed and in what order. Uh, this guy, this father, Chad Dorman, is a monster, and he should get the death penalty. They have not sought the death penalty in Claremont County for three decades. This guy deserves it. He deserves it. So let's just say that last night the people of this uh, Claremont County town gathered and celebrated the lives of these three boys who were known for the bright light they brought to their participation in the local youth sports association. Uh, My guess is that there will be so many donations to the new Richmond youth sports association in memory of these uh, young boys, that that will turn out to be a phenomenal facility that uh, most likely will bear their name. It is small consolation um, to know that they will be remembered in such a way. 